Well, hello again, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us. It is Thursday, November the 30th, 2023, and this is actually our second podcast of the day. I'm really excited about Shane, our resident technologist and, and just a dear friend and brother in the Lord, uh, coming back on today. We had actually scheduled him uh, to post next week, but uh, there's a lot going on in this uh, world of technology, and uh, he and I talked, and we just decided, well, let's go ahead and post it. And I know for uh, some of you, uh, especially on the East Coast, you might not get this podcast until Friday this week, but we want to get it out there. I know... Uh, uh, it's going to be meaningful. Uh, we're calling this the AI threat just took a giant leap forward. And uh, the, the AI threat just took a giant leap forward. Lots going on that Shane's going to give us kind of his perspective on, uh, some of its speculation. Uh, but there have been some pretty big news items here in the last uh, few days that are worth uh, mentioning. So we'll bring Shane on here in uh, in just a moment. But want to mention as, as we wrap up the month of November that we have been blessed to have so many fantastic guests on this month and and of course this week even uh we've had uh, you know, uh, Hope for Our Times interview with Tom Hughes. Randy was on uh, yesterday with our World Events Update earlier this morning. We had uh, David Fiorazzo on uh, talking about a, the assault on the image of God and his new book. Uh, don't forget tomorrow, definitely want to tune in to hear Brett Nasworth talk about the gospel, global elites, and the next generation. I know I've said it before, but it bears repeating in case you haven't been uh, following the podcast this week. But Brett, uh, spent 17 years down on the Amazon in the jungle, one of the most remote places on Earth. He's one of a few people still alive on planet Earth that can speak Yanomami. Uh, he had two of his kids were born down there. And he's got some fascinating stories of how the Lord used him to share the gospel and learn the language of, with those people. But one of the most fascinating things to me was the intersection of his uh, mission work down there in the Amazon jungle with one of the most prominent global elites uh, that uh, you can ever think of. And you'll know his name when we say it tomorrow, but he actually had some interaction with him. So it was really a, quite a juxtaposition, some of the poorest, most uh, remote people on the earth with some of the most, one of the most wealthy uh, people uh, on earth. Uh, so we'll talk more about that tomorrow. But uh, as we bring uh, Shane on here, we want to uh, mention a verse of scripture that I think is very relevant. It's relevant for everyday life, but it's especially relevant when we're facing some uh, just some really unsettling things uh, unfolding in the world around us. But the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to the believers in Philippi while he was in prison. One of the uh, last letters that he wrote toward the end of his life before the pastoral epistles, he was in a under house arrest in Rome. Remember, he wrote four letters from there. Well, Philippians was the fourth and final one that he wrote from there. The, the year was the spring of 62 AD. And listen to what he says. Uh, this is the word of God from Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's not forget that the Prince of Peace, whom we're celebrating his birth coming up uh, in just a, a few weeks, uh, is going to come back someday and bring the peace on earth that we all long for. But in the meantime, we can have peace, the peace of God that really uh, reminds us that a better day is coming and that God is in control. We need not be unsettled 
by all the the the, the, the crazy things that are happening around us and so uh just encourage you uh, uh to uh, uh to keep that in mind and a reminder that for our premier members we are posting the video version of this interview that you're about to hear with my good friend shane uh and for the rest of you of course it's available on uh, any podcast uh, provider wherever you listen to podcasts spotify google amazon pandora iHeartRadio, you name it they're all out there just search for not by works ministries but shane uh, the AI threat uh, is getting worse, uh, is it not? Uh, it is. The, this uh, last week has been pretty eventful, so we'll talk about that uh, here in a moment. Well, yeah. thanks so thanks for, so much for being back with us on the on the program. And I tell you what, I, I'm really blessed because I've got guys like you and Randy that kind of keep your finger on the pulse of of news items, and uh, and yet you have the the background and expertise to to understand things and see things a little differently than uh, you know guys like me. So thanks for taking your time, and um, I'll turn it over to you. Okay, so we're going to keep our our same uh, green, yellow, red format, um, but. I only have one green story, two yellow stories, and two red stories, but uh, that last red story uh, is going to be a doozy. So um, so let me start off with, with the good news here. Um, so in in everything we've been trying to do here in discussing AI, I uh, wanted to maintain a, a very balanced view, um, avoid sensationalism. There's so much of that out there, um, and, and really take a... Um, uh, a, a look at this technology um, that, like I said, avoids those errors, but is also not divorced from what Scripture says is going to happen, and and in ways we can see this technology, like every other technology that's ever been invented, being exploited by those who are working for Satan. Mm. Um, so, so, but this is one of the good uses here. There's a company called Cradle AI. Um, they're a biotech company and an AI company. Um, they're a startup, um, been around for about a year from what I can tell, and they have a generative AI system that will aid researchers in protein design. So what they've done is they've taken this AI and they've trained it in molecular structures. Um, and what they specifically have looked at is the long sequences of amino acids, which are the building blocks for proteins. And um, and they understand the, the language of these uh, of these amino acids. And and I know that might sound weird to say the language of these amino acids, but I have been of the opinion for probably a good uh, 20 years now um, that, for instance, DNA is actually computer code. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and that uh, even things where we see the, and you, see, you hear these arguments from um, uh, Darwinian evolutionists all the time talking about how much common DNA there is between, say, a human and a and an ape or something like that. Um, well, in thinking of it like it's code, um, I actually see that as being uh, evidence of a designer, of a creator, um, because you would reuse code once it works properly. So, so even in these amino acids, these building blocks here, um, there's a code there, a language. And so what they can uh, then do is take this AI and have it do what-if modeling for different protein structures to achieve whatever the goal is they have for that. And as you can imagine, this is of great interest to the medical world, especially drug companies. So 
um, I don't remember who the funding was was from, but um, it, this has generated enough interest that $24 million in funding was just given to this company. And uh, so keep an eye on Cradle. I think I think you might see some some really interesting things out of them in the near future. So this this is not insider trading, right? We could we could invest in that if we want to. Yeah, yeah. This is um, well, you know, they're they're at the early in their their uh, venture uh, cycle here. So I don't know which uh, which round they're on, but this is relatively early. Um, they've been stealth, you know, what's called stealth for a little bit. You know, they're working on stuff, but they're not talking about it publicly. They're certainly not chasing down investments, but they've gotten to a point where they think, okay, we have a good story to tell. The technology is at least very promising um, and they're getting attention. Okay. And they're getting money. So, um, and, and I expect to see other companies in this space too. This won't be the only one. But, you know, this is, you know, some of those good uses of AI. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So that was our only green story. So now we're going to march over to the uh, yellow here. And um, uh, Randy had, had, had uh, mentioned on Wednesday, Amazon has released another one of their AI models. This is called Q. And this is a major AI model for them. Um, and also, I want to I want us to focus right now. Let's come up on our last story. Naming it Q was kind of interesting to me. I haven't, I haven't looked at why, why they named it that. You know, if they even have published that, but it's kind of interesting to me. We'll get into that here in a little bit. So Q is a generative AI platform um, where, and I don't know exactly what Amazon means when they talk about this, but it has been trained on 17 years of Amazon Web Services information. Now, Amazon Web Services is that side of Amazon that does hosting, and they are massive um i don't um remember the latest stats but amazon web services in this cloud computing space is so large that you could take the next at least three maybe even five competitors and we're talking google microsoft companies of that nature um add them together and they're still not as big as aws hmm. a massive uh, infrastructure here so so, of course, there's tons of data Amazon has that this thing could be trained on. Um, and also, they have that infrastructure to where they can roll out a high-performing AI system. So, um, the, the focus of Q is to serve businesses. Um, and in this initial phase, and we've talked about this in the past, um, Amazon is focusing on assisting employees in doing their jobs. Um, and I've been calling that the leverage phase, right, that we're stepping into right now. Um, these tools will be leveraged. Uh, we, in the leverage phase, we won't see a lot of job loss from AI, um, but um, uh, but that's where we are with 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 Q. And um, and something I've been telling my 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 kids for about the last ten years is you need to learn to work alongside the machines. Um, it was very clear that everything we're we're talking about now was coming. Um, didn't quite think it's going to be here as fast as it arrived, um, but um, but it's definitely here. And so this is where we're going to see all of us have to learn to work alongside the machines. Um, what Q is going to be good at in, in the business world is to synthesize content. So, uh, you, you know, you've got a bunch of emails that have come in. You could have your assistant uh, come in, read the email, summarize them, and, and help you to prioritize what you should focus in on. 
Um, it could be involved in streamlining communications, maybe even providing some of those communications uh, where I could uh, ask you to email you or contact you and do something, right? Communicate something. Um, generating blog posts and other website content and, and also being that chat bot that can answer questions quickly and hopefully accurately. Um, and so I actually worked with Q a little bit yesterday, about two hours maybe. Uh, working on a program, uh, was, was uh, having some trouble with it. And I was like, okay, maybe I need a code review. I, I want somebody to look at my code and, and go over this. So I thought, hey, I'll try Q out. And it blew me away. It is excellent. Um, it, it took a look at my code and, and there wasn't, you know, it's not like it was reading the comments or anything like that, because I really don't have too many comments in the code right now explaining what all the pieces do. And it was able to analyze it. It told me what it, uh, what the program was doing. It was 100% on, on target with that. And, um, and moreover, it came up with some good things for me to look at to improve my code. So it was like having a senior QA person review what I was doing and give me very helpful hints. So um, it blew me away. Now, um, does, that, does it cost money? Did you have to subscribe to that? And I signed up for it, but no, I, I didn't pay anything for it. Mm -hmm. um, so now, you yeah. know, at some point, you know, they're going to charge for it, but. Sure. Well, not to interrupt, because I know you're going to continue to elabor elaborate on Q, but uh, it is interesting that you mentioned the comments and stuff. You know, my wonderful wife, Wendy, is really the brains behind our operation. She, as you know, has been in technology her whole career, too, uh, and uh, information technology, and she does coding. And one of her areas of expertise is, is uh, you know, writing the... Uh, sort of the, the messages and stuff behind the coding, just the, the documentation, or I forget what it's called. But anyway, that's that's her uh, realm of expertise. And I know how important that is because every now and then, she's and she's been doing this with the same company for 22 years working from home, she'll get a question about something from 15 years earlier, for example. And if she didn't have the documentation, wow, it would be like, what what, what were we thinking there when we coded it this way? So, uh, so but yeah, so Q, uh, and you're you're pretty pretty smart guy. I, I've said that before. So you're saying this impressed you, huh? Yeah, I, you know, when it comes time to, like I said, at this point in the in the in the in the uh, programming, you know, I've, I've got very minimal comments in there, documentation. Um, it's just enough to kind of guide me through as I figure out and make this thing do what I needed to do. Um, the documentation it created was phenomenal. I was I was stunned. Mm. Um, and the, the last time I was this impressed with AI was uh, GPT 3.5 from OpenAI, mm. okay? Wow. Um, which was, you know, and to put that in perspective, that was roughly a year ago um, when that was publicly available. Mm. So we, we've moved a long way in, in a relatively short period of time. Not that Amazon and these other companies haven't been working on this for, for years and years because they have, but... Um, but this was very impressive. Hmm. So, um, so get ready. Pervasive AI is here. Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to be a, a matter of, uh, so let's say you're you know, working with a company for a company. Um, they're going to license this type of technology from someone, right? It may be Amazon. It might be Google. Who knows where they're going to license it from? Um, and it will be 
uh, in everything we do, probably starting this next year. It's it's not just coming. Um, our toes are going over the threshold right now. So, so this this Q and it was Q asterisk or what, what was it again? No, no, this is just Q, just the letter just Q. Q, just Q. So it, which you're going to talk about the weirdness of that in a moment. But so yep. is it? You think it's part of this giant leap forward that we're seeing uh, almost on a daily basis? I I I don't know. I don't know much about the architecture. Um, I um, um, you know I I I heard Randy's uh, uh, statements about. It. I was like, okay, this is pretty interesting. Um, and, and went and checked into it and was able to uh, add it to my, uh, my, my IDE, which is the, uh, the, the program that I write code in. Um, and it was able to, you know, to, to go and access Q and, um, I was able to let it look at my code and get the comments, all of this inside of the IDE, um, which but like I said, again, that's that development environment that, that we write the code in. Um, it was really, really impressive. Wow. Um, and like I said, I, I haven't been this blown away. Um, like I said, the last time was GPT 3.5. Yeah. So well, it's, it's happening. It's, it's happening fast. All right. So what's next? So uh, second um, uh, story in the yellow category here. So we have, um, I actually didn't know this part was truly going on, but apparently the Screen Actors Guild has been on strike for, I think it was over 100 days. And um, so they finally reached a at least a tentative agreement uh, with the studios that will have SAG members being able to give their consent and receive payment for their likeness being rendered by AI and movies and other forms of media. Um, and so not a lot of details here. Um, you know, this I don't know how firm this agreement is. But uh, you know, because because it's so fuzzy, it just doesn't seem like it's well thought out. But get ready, uh, your favorite actor uh, will soon be appearing in movies, but it won't be your favorite actor. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, I talked about that in Spirit of the False Prophet. And by the way, I also talked about AWS, um, uh, the uh, Amazon uh, cloud services. Um, and and how massive they are. But yeah, you know, it's it's in the book, which you know. Was just came out in September, and the the information that I put in there was probably only three or four months old. Back then, it was like this is only a few people were doing it. We talked about Bruce Willis, we talked about you know Whitney Houston, some of these other types of deals. But you're saying now there's it looks like they're forging an agreement that's going to make this, as you've been saying all along, pervasive along with every other aspect of AI. Absolutely. So you know, so so Bruce Willis is going to live on forever in movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and my concern here um, with this, and 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 it's kind of related to some stuff we talked about in the past, where AI is is writing books in the style of people, and and actually some of it's being misrepresented as being written by that person. Um, I, I I do worry about the arts and what AI is going to do to that. I think it has this potential to destroy meaning through the arts. We remove that human element, um, and I believe that human element for the arts was given to us by God, um, and and this is a a crude imitation of it, and I think it's going to cheapen all of those experiences, be it music, of uh, art you're looking at, you know, on the wall, movies, whatever it is, books. Um, so so get ready. Um, this is going to 
open the door for AI actors. Yeah, I mean, you and I were talking before we started uh, about how there's something about the human component of things we produce, art, music, you know, pictures, designs, you name it. It's just, it's an intangible quality. I think it's it's got a spiritual component because mankind is made in the image of God. We have capacities that just no machine is going to be able to to mimic. And, you know, you you look at a piece of art or listen to music and and you just you, you your mind always kind of wonders what was in the mind of the composer, what was in the mind of the artist, and and it, and it just has this different element about it. But there's a staleness it seems to to AI, even though already in, in, throughout various industries, AI is supplanting the human component when it comes to graphic arts, when it comes to you know movies and images. Um, you know, Wendy and I were noticing even more what appears to be, and I know this isn't AI, but it's still technology, more uses of green screen in mainstream television and movies and media. Used to, you could kind of tell when they were on location, uh, it was pretty obvious and, and it made it look more real. But now you're going, I think that's green screen. I don't know if we're just more sensitive to it or, or what, but yeah, there's just something that uh, and, and why do you think that is, Shane? I mean, I know you're a, a biblicist uh, through and through. I mean, is this just part of Satan's attempt to marginalize humanity? Part of it, um, it it's that it's it's just it's deception. Mm. Okay, um, you know, going to the the uh, on-site green screen issue, I, I've seen video of Zelensky supposedly walking around the streets of Ukraine at night. Mm. Um, you know, various cities there. But it was a green screen. He wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's even in Ukraine when that was filmed. Um, you know, we've we've got so many things like that. I believe there are times when the current president, uh, some of his his well, we know for a fact yeah. some of the stuff they're showing with with the politicians is green screens and even AI generated audience members. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So so that the deception is so thorough yeah you know even even stuff that looks like you're shooting it out in the street it isn't yeah i mean i, I talked about this a few months ago on a, a video that you can still find on our website or on our rumble channel called how to interpret the news and i gave several examples of mainstream media claiming to be on site at a particular you know newsworthy event when really they were just in front of a green screen and 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 it's not just you know liberals it's i mean both sides cnn did it fox news did it i gave several uh, examples of it but uh uh you know I, I i i talk about this whole concept of you know fake news in uh in spirit of the false prophet which you can see on the screen there uh i really encourage folks to to, to pick that up i've been really blessed and thankful to the lord that the word is getting out it's like you know, we kind of had the initial surge when the first, when the book came out in September, and then it kind of leveled off, and now we've seen another a surge. And it tells me that you know people are are, are wanting to pass this information on uh, to others. But yeah, that the, the uh, AI audiences—that's a interesting piece. That, that's a far cry from the cardboard audiences we had at sporting events during the during the pandemic, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it it certainly looks better than the cardboard audiences, but. Uh... It is so troubling. Um, you know, I uh, I believe the, the the first time I really saw that was 
Hillary Clinton was giving a speech to supposedly this gymnasium or, or you know, studio or this uh, auditorium filled with people. And and so people were noticing, hang on, I see the same woman four times in the different sections and the same guy. And, and it turned out they were all fake people, AI people. Wow. And and this was presented to us as being a legitimate um, speech she gave in front of a live audience. And they were, you know, so appreciative and showed up. There was nobody there. <laughs> so it, it's 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 deception. Yeah. It's deception. All right. What's next? Well, so now we're moving to our last two stories. They're both in the red category. And, and, and I'll say it again, like I said before, um, you might think that some of the yellows belong in red, and that very well could be right. So this is just the uh, the best I could do on putting them into buckets here. But here are two red ones. Uh, first one here, uh, former Google engineer, a guy named Anthony Lewandowski, uh, really smart guy involved in self-driving cars and other um, other AI technologies. Um, smart, smart guy. Um, he got in trouble. Um, got uh, sued for, uh, I think it was trade secret theft. Um, Donald Trump ended up pardoning him. Um, so he, he got out of, uh, got out of that trouble. Back in 2015, he was working a, uh, on a project called the way of the future. It's an AI church with an AI God. Um, and, uh, that one kind of sh- shut down, you know, he got in trouble um, but like I said, he he got pardoned and has been bouncing back, and um, and it looks like now there's a group, a community of maybe two thousand people who are involved in trying to get this technology to the point where they have this AI God that they believe they will have a spiritual connection with, mm. and 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 like I said in the past, one of the things that has concerned me greatly for a few decades now is I'm less concerned about the AI at some level, and I'm more concerned about how we respond to the AI. And you can't read the Bible. You can't take a a quick glance at human history and not see that humans are really bad about worshiping idols. Hmm. Um, And if we will, if we will sacrifice people as a a human race, of course, not, not you and I, or not anybody listening to this, but human race, you know, human history We've sacrificed people to idols made of stone and wood and don't talk and don't interact. What are we going to do when our idol talks, mm. when our idol gives us commands? Wow. Uh, this this is troubling. I expect to see more AI churches pop up um, at, at various levels of, of, um, of ability. Um, you know, talk about the AI there. Um, there'll be some real low-end things that we've already seen and and some you know some bigger ones mm. so this is concerning keep an eye on this this is going to be ugly um and i think this next year is going to be the year when we really see some trouble out of it yeah uh, uh, leo holman had a great article uh just about three days ago on humanoid robots and how china is is planning to mass produce humanoid robots by 2025 uh and uh you know it it and there's the graphic that you know that they have is just unbelievable but um yeah. yeah i mean that's the better ai gets the more indistinguishable it's going to become the more deception really it's the angel of light concept right 
Absolutely. So, so keep an eye on that. Um, and another thing I'd also say is, um, if you have, you know, if you have kids who are, I don't know, cer- certainly, you know, in, uh, you know, still in, in, in grade school, uh, high school, whatever, watch out because they're going to get exposed to this. And, and it's not like, um, in the past, if you wanted to, to, uh, worship an idol, you know, you typically had to go out in the woods and, and, uh, you know, go with the Wiccans or whatever, right. And, and, and participate there. We're talking about an app on the phone. Um, you know, you, you could have a a family member, a friend, somebody who is right in front of you. You don't know it. You just think they're sending a text or whatever. They could be communicating with what what they consider to be their God and getting advice, worshiping, whatever, um, real, really concerning. Um, again, it's our response there. It's not so much the AI that bothers me. Uh, in this case, it's our response to it that is deeply concerning. Mm. Mm. So now, talk, let's talk about something that truly has had me uh, concerned since this news came out. Um, we're going to talk about all the drama that's been in the news with OpenAI. Um, and so for everybody who's not uh, maybe familiar with what happened, um, about a week ago, Sam Altman, who's one of the co-founders, he's a CEO, um, he uh, got fired by the board of OpenAI. Um, what uh, apparently prompted this, and, and by the way, I want to say we're dealing with massive amounts of speculation here. Um, so what I've done is is gone to a bunch of sources of people who live and breathe in this AI world. That's their job. And they've taken a look at um, information, research papers that have come out from companies like OpenAI and, and, and certainly others. And it just kind of inferred from from many different uh, pieces of evidence what might have happened. Um, So what apparently triggered this was OpenAI researchers wrote a letter to the board of OpenAI stating that a new advancement had been made in one of their models, and they felt it was an existential threat to humanity. And so apparently the AI, uh, excuse me, the board uh, uh, tried to contact Altman and didn't like his answer and fired him. Um, what they said is that Altman wasn't transparent with the board. Now we don't know exactly what that means. Normally when you hear something like that in, in other companies, you think of financial wrongdoing or something like that, but uh, apparently that wasn't the case here. Um, and so he got fired um, and there's a huge uproar in the company. Um, my understanding is most of the employees of OpenAI signed a letter to the board stating that they would quit in mass if Altman wasn't rehired. Um, and so four days later, Altman was rehired. And um, and so there have been a number of changes at OpenAI. Uh, one of them is that Microsoft now has a non-voting board seat on OpenAI. Um, so, you know, they don't get to decide their, their future, right? They don't have a vote from that standpoint, but they're not going to be surprised ever again by things happening inside of OpenAI. Hmm. Um, and, you know, and I, I understand them wanting to know what's going on there. They've committed upwards of $13 billion to OpenAI. So they are looking for a return on that investment. Um, uh, much of the board was dismissed after this. Um, so we've got some folks who were involved in this firing who are no longer part of OpenAI. And, and what this issue is, this 
this potential threat seems to be around a, a new uh, architecture, new system that they've got called QSTAR. Um, and, and you'll see it written with the letter Q, capital letter Q, with an asterisk after it. So it's QSTAR. And there were some, some leaked memos that uh, came out and basically indicated that QSTAR was doing a good job at grade school level math. Now, at first, you should be going grade school level math. So what? Um, you know, you want to keep in mind, though, that large language models like what OpenAI produces are not good at math. Um, they, they sometimes can do OK, but you've probably seen the stories in the newspaper off and on where OpenAI, OpenAI might tweak something in their system and the math performance drops and it becomes virtually unusable for uh, for, for solving math problems. Um, well, apparently with this Q-star uh, architecture, um, the reasoning ability of it is solid. So it's not, this is, don't focus in on the fact that it's uh, not doing advanced math, that it's doing math that probably all of us could do because we all, you know, came through school and then learned, had to learn math. Um, it's the way it's approaching solving these problems. I think that's what has them concerned. And um, and so um, the, the two leading theories on what they're afraid this will lead to once you give it sufficient data and sufficient compute power um, is that the QSTAR model will, one of them is that it will eventually bring AGI. Um, and AGI is um, that, that thing we've talked about for a while, um, artificial journal intelligence is what it stands for. And it's this kind of hard to find level of, of AI to where it can perform a variety of different tasks as well as, or maybe even better than a human can. Um, and it'll certainly be the human from the standpoint is that it can do this 24 hours a day and never get tired. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't need a vacation. Um, so that's one possibility. And the other one, uh, which I'm going to talk about here, um, in, in a little bit of detail, but I don't think this is going to be the issue uh, that they're concerned about. Um, there, it was suggested that QSTAR could be used to eventually break the encryption algorithm, AES, um, which is really the backbone of, um, of the internet, um, of uh, electronic commerce. Um, it is a standard that, for instance, the United States adopted, I think, in early 2000s. Um, that is used to encrypt government information. Okay, classified information uh, is encrypted using AES-256. Well, whoever uh, leaked this memo, and they and they seem to have some knowledge of, of the way AI works. Um, it, it didn't seem like somebody who uh, really didn't have a, a good grasp of the grammar of AI. Um, this person had, had that grasp. And they're claiming that uh, uh, AES-256 uh, can be broken using a AI. Um, now, like I said, I don't think this is true. I think uh, we don't have enough compute and so forth to do that. Um, but I will say if, if this is true and, and they could break that, uh, it, would, it would kill e-commerce. It would kill the Internet, basically. Um, because you couldn't trust what was happening. You couldn't trust that financial transaction. Um, 
And so this is, you know, this would be devastating if it was true. Um, I, uh, and by the way, part of the reason I don't believe it is there have been a number of attacks against AES that have been proposed, and they look interesting, but they're not feasible. Uh, we don't have the ability to to implement these attacks. We don't have the technology. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you could see where this is going. Um, uh, and and first of all, you know, memos like this and, and whistleblowers like this and and even the board or the, the, the letter that was supposedly sent uh, uh, to the board from OpenAI employees, you know, that th those types of things are increasing. I, I remember in the book talking about a guy from Google who a year ago or so was a whistleblower after doing that. Uh, you know, I think his name was Blake Lamont. It just came to me, you know, doing that interview with an AI and realizing it was sentient or so forth. So these kinds of things are happening more and more. The people that are actually hands on dealing with it are concerned about something. But as far as breaking this AES 256 encryption, you could see how Satan would use that to usher in a new world order. He was saying, look, our best encryption models are no longer safe. So you're going to have to trust us and 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 with our solution and everybody needs to sign on to this CBDC or whatever it is, this global currency, digital currency, uh, to keep their their resources safe. I mean, is that far-fetched? It, it could be. I, it, it's not possible for me to put into words how devastating, if this were true, how devastating it would be. Um, it would literally shut down the economy. Um, so I, I don't think it's, I don't think this is true. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's true. I don't think we can break AES 256, even with quantum computers right now. I don't think we have enough qubits, which is how you scale a quantum computer. I don't think we have a system right now that can break it. I don't think we're close to that. So that's why I don't believe it's this attack on AES, but, but pay attention. If, if, if I'm wrong, uh, this would be really bad. I think that what they saw, um, and, and this is the goal behind OpenAI, is to produce AGI. Um, I don't think that QSTAR is AGI, um, but I think they they can project, um, once they give it sufficient computing power and data, that they could have AGI here. Mm -hmm. um, so it would not surprise me if this next year, maybe even first quarter this next year, there's an announcement that we have AGI. Um, and I can't tell you how stunned I've been since all of this has happened because I'm pretty sure I've said on your show that, you know, I, I didn't think we were ever going to actually get to AGI. Um, not that there wasn't a threat from getting close to it. Near AGI would still result in job loss. Um, but if we're really at the point of AGI, um, there will be massive job loss. And then that next step beyond AGI is artificial superintelligence um, to where, you know, we could have that proverbial AI overlord ruling, ruling us. And I know that sounds like the stuff of science fiction, um, but uh, the guy that's the head, the chief scientist for OpenAI, a wonderful uh, researcher, he switched, I believe it was about a year ago, to focusing on the problem of artificial superintelligence. We're talking one of the leading, leading researchers in the world, and that's been his focus. Yeah. Um, and of course, this guy gets to see stuff that, 
you know, people like you and me will never see. So, um, so this, this is something to watch. We, we could be on the, the verge of something that's really, really disruptive. Yeah, I mean, you have said before, and it's been fascinating to watch uh, the the evolution here as we all simply take the information that as it unfolds and do our best to make sense of it through a biblical worldview. But yeah, you've said before, you just don't see AGI uh, happening. But I tell you what, it just it, it goes to uh, how rapidly things are changing and how powerful Satan is. Because let's not forget, he's not omniscient, but he's pretty powerful. And uh, you know, we need to take that threat seriously. These are all part of his uh, pawns in the game, not that everybody working on AI uh, or at these tech firms is satanic. I'm not saying that, but it, it, the big picture, it's it's part of a pawn in, in his game. And uh, so it, it really is fascinating to, to kind of see your, I mean, one of the things I love about the MBW podcast is, especially with guys like you and Randy, is we're all just trying to be transparent, honestly, before the Lord, give our best understanding of what's happening. We are not out here, you know, fanning the flames and, you know, fear mongering and trying to make money. We're just you know, having a conversation and reflecting on current events. Sometimes we get uh, people that will say, oh, you know, you said this and you were wrong. Well, yep, guilty. I'm human. We're, you know, I'm not perfect. So, uh, so I think it's, it's awesome that as you're processing all of this, you're going, you know what? This is a biggie. I, I I'm not really sure if I still, you know, can say with confidence that we won't reach this threshold. Um, so, and by the way, I don't want to put you on the spot, but could you clarify for me and for our listeners? Uh, <laughs> I, I sometimes have trouble uh, distinguishing the, the semantic difference between AGI and singularity. So I know there is one, but yeah. So. So singularity tends okay. AGI is 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 again artificial general intelligence. So it's a AI system that can perform like a human could in, in most tasks. Um, so you can throw a wide variety of challenges to it, just like you might an employee, and it does it. Um, so and, and that will of course result in massive job loss. It'll be. Um, you know, everybody focuses in on how good it's going to be for the economy. Um, the piece that they're not talking about is what about the folks that lose work and can never get another job? Mm. Okay, that's what we're talking about here. Um, so it, it's 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 deeply deeply concerning. The singularity is this uh, proposed theoretical point in time uh, in the future to where um, we have a system that is either like us, so AGI or superior to us, ASI. Um, I, um, you know, typically the singularity is expressed in a way kind of like there's this, this, you know, earth shattering moment and, and, and things don't go back to the way they were before. Um, I don't know that we're going to see that kind of dramatic point. Um, I think it's going to be a slower uh, issue of, of trying to fight the enemy of gradualism. Um, when you have this big event that happens after you get over the shock, it's easy to go and deal with that problem. It's easier to go and deal with the problem. But what I think we're likely to see with AI is instead of starting off with wholesale job loss, what you're going to see is, again, that leverage phase, bits of your job, you outsource to these AIs. And as they continue to improve, and they are improving so fast, but as these things continue to improve, um, there'll be more and more functions 
that most employees have as part of their job that'll be stripped away and given to an AI system. And then at some point, um, the employee is going to suffer, right? Uh, there, there's going to be, maybe they're saying, you know, this isn't a full-time job any longer. You can still work here, but it's going to be 20 hours a week. And AI is going to do the other work for you. Um, so, you know, that kind of, of, of uh, a wage loss or even flat out losing your job. Yeah. So singularity, you know, and I, I talk about this in Spirit of the False Prophet and 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 uh, my new friend, Pat Wood, who uh, everybody needs to to, to uh, sign up for technocracy news. This guy's just brilliant. Um, but he's talked about it in terms of from a transhumanist perspective, when they feel like AGI has been accomplished and they've or, or ASI, as you said, where they've transcended the abilities of humanity, that they've reached their goal, that, that machine and man have now merged or become machine is now better and they've transcended humanity. So I think singularity has a negative connotation from the technocrats, the, the transhumanist point of view, at least negative for us. It's positive for them. But, you know, yeah. when we think about it in that context, it's negative. But uh, yeah, it really is uh, this quest, if you will. And like you said, it's not like you're going to hear a knock at the door, open the door, and there's AGI or there's singularity. It's more of a gradual process. And at some point in history, if the Lord doesn't come back soon, people will look back some point in the near his, near future, I mean, believe, they will look back and say, ah, I see where we kind of crossed that threshold. We didn't necessarily identify it precisely at that time, but here we are, we're, we're kind of living in it. It's kind of like, you know, when did we shift into the postmodern era? Well, it's, you know, you can try to pinpoint a general time, but it's not like a big bell went off, right? Yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be like that uh, quote, um, what is it, uh, Hemingway? In uh, as the sun also rises, where this uh, guy was, um, you know, how did he, how did he go bankrupt or something? Bankrupt, yeah, gradually yeah. and suddenly. Um, that's what I think we're looking at here. Um, that you know, we're going to be fighting incrementalism, mm. uh, gradualism, where gradually little bits and little bits of the things we do are done by AI systems, yeah. and and um, and so it's going to be this slow decline for a while, and then we're going to fall off the cliff, yeah. Um, so it'll be gradual and then it'll be sudden. Um, and the the uh, sudden part, the one I'm worried about is ASI. Um, maybe we really can achieve achieve super intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, I we'll, we'll see when when you see top top scientists who have dedicated their lives, they live in this world. This is what they focus on. Um, they're worried about it, so I have to be worried about it. Yeah. So, any connection between the the software queue that you talked about earlier, when you were, I think, in the green or, or yellow, and the queue star that we're hearing about? Yeah, that's what I found interesting. It, it um, um, you know, I'd, I'd heard of of, of Q star, um, and then you know, like I said, Randy brought up Amazon's queue, and I was like, that's kind of strange. Um, I, you know, I think it. Well, I, I want to take a look at the architecture first. I'm going to see if Amazon will publish something on it. And if we can find out the architecture of OpenAI's uh, QSTAR, um, I want to take a look at those first for us to say any more. But I, I think it has to do with with um, uh, one of the, uh, the the learning models that might be employed in the design of this, but I'm not sure. 
Well, let me just give you advance warning. If you come back and tell me it has something to do with Trump and QAnon, kill me now. All right, we're we're done. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's not that. Um, but but um, but yeah, this is this is going to be a big story. Um, you know, keeping an eye on this, I I think twenty twenty four is going to be a rough year. Mm. We're going to see. We're going to see a march towards AGI next year. And, and I got, and it stuns me to hear myself say that because literally three or four weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, AGI is probably, you know, years away. And, and by years, I'm talking seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Um, I thought we'd get close to it pretty quick, but not actually there. But I, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm wrong. I well, think we're probably going to get there real soon. I think you're right. And, and, and coincidentally, a lot of people, myself included, have been really talking about how interesting 2024 is going to be. So many things converging. And I just uh, did an interview earlier today that we'll post later on in December. Wonderful interview with uh, a dear friend, Bob Ulrich, who's the uh, co-founder and COO of Prophecy Watchers with Gary Stearman. And, uh, you know, you don't, he's kind of behind the scenes guy. He's really the, 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 just really the guy that's running the whole operation, but he's brilliant and he's so gracious and kind. And, and I just, I coerced him into kind of, Hey, could you, or not coerced, but coaxed him into, Hey, can you come on and let's just do an interview? Cause he's such a great storyteller and he's got an incredible testimony, uh, a life of miracles really. So you guys can look forward to that later in December. But what's interesting is in that interview, and I don't think he'd mind me saying it because he said it, that the Prophecy Watchers Conference, their first one of the year in 2024 in Orlando, which I'll be speaking at twice, uh, their whole theme is something, I forget the exact title, but something to the effect of 2024, a year like no other. Like they're, 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 all of these prophecy experts uh, are anticipating, whether it's in the economy, in, in the geopolitical events, with warfare, with technology and advancements in AI, with just so many things converging all at once. Um, you know, we've got an election year. We've got the whole Trump circus of the uh, of the trials and stuff. And, uh, and and uh, and and by the way, even though I'm not a particular Trump fan, I think it's absurd that in, that we now live in a country where you arrest your political dissident, you know, your your political opponent. So that's absurd. But so yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's interesting that you would say that about uh, about AI. So. Uh, I, I think in 2024 and 2025, we're going to see some advancements, especially with uh, embodied AI, uh, the advancements that are happening in robotics. And we've talked about that a few times are, are tremendous. We are seeing a manufacturing push with a number of different companies who will be making these humanoid robots that have AI. And again, like I said earlier, talking about working alongside the machines, so when I was that, I was talking about Amazon's Q, right? So there's also another type of working alongside the machines we will see probably in 2025, 26, where there's physically this AI next to me, mm. helping me, you know, doing whatever, right? Not all bad. You know, there's good uses for that. Um, but, you know, there can also be some really rough uses for it. 
Yeah, I mean, that that uh, article that Leo uh, Homan posted uh, talking about these humanoid robots, I mean, it's pretty scary some of the things that are saying. For example, Goldman Sachs predicts that the market for humanoid robots could be worth $150 billion within the next several years. Absolutely. Um, that's un- unreal. Uh, so... Um, well, I want to I want to mention just because you know we talked about 2024. I want to clarify, and this will bring us full circle back to. Uh, well, first of all, anything else on your list? Or are you wrapping up? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, so I'll give you the last word here in a moment, but I want to come full circle back to how we started with Philippians four and being anxious for nothing. When we talk about, and when Shane talks about 2024 and the p- potential for there to be some really uh, you know, interesting, uh, unusual things happening in in the realm of AI. We're not. I'm not out here. You know, turning this into another Y2K or 2012 or those types of things. You know, we're supposed to be serving the Lord, doing the work of the Lord, uh, living our lives for the glory of God until Christ comes. And but we do that with eyes wide open, recognizing that that God's plan is is working itself out over time. And part of that plan involves Satan's conspiracy with human leaders, world leaders, Psalm 2, uh, to try to take over this world. And so we do want to pay attention to that and be aware of it. Proverbs 22.3 says we need to watch for trouble coming and prepare for it. Uh, so, you know, we don't do, we don't say these things in an effort to sort of foment fear. We're saying it just as an observation. And I, I can't put my finger on it. I mean, I've been into prophecy for, for 30 years. Uh, I I was teaching about a lot of this stuff back in 2021, 2022, uh, when the first Spirit of the Antichrist books come out. And yet I I have a different feeling about 2024. I just, something about it seems like, you know, it's all kind of coming uh, to a head from different directions. Now, that doesn't mean that the rapture is going to happen right away. I sure hope it does. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to have the new world order ushered in in 2025, like the Luciferians have been planning on for a hundred years. But it just, it you know, God's the ultimate arbiter of all of this, but it's just interesting to me that we're seeing uh, so much uh, from different perspectives, technology, warfare, you know, medicine, pharmaceutical companies, uh, you know, you know, all kinds of things uh, talking about 2024. So, um, with that, I want to remind you, uh, if you're not a premier subscriber, let me encourage you to, to give that some thought. You'd get to see the, the actual video, uh, uh, you know, version of this podcast with Shane. Uh, so you can see when I'm laughing at his jokes and when he's uh, grimacing at mine. Uh, so, uh, that would be, uh, that would be, uh, you know, w- worth your time. Of course, the audio version is always available to the to the general public. Um, but the premier subscription uh, is just a small uh, monthly fee. You can cancel at any time. You can also sign up for an annual uh, subscription, uh, which saves you a little bit of money. But Shane's going to be our guest at our next Zoom meeting. We do periodic private uh, premier subscriber only Zoom sessions where you can ask questions of my guests and of me and just we can dialogue. So that's this coming Saturday, six o'clock mountain time. Premier members have already gotten an email about it. If you'd like to sign up and be a part of that and get to meet Shane and talk with him and Randy will be with us as well. Shane and Randy both will be on uh, on the podcast or the, uh, the Zoom session on Saturday, uh, just uh, a couple of days from now. So give that some thought. Uh, well, with that, I'll give you the last word. Any word of encouragement? Uh, keep your eyes on the Lord. Um, we uh, Going back to Philippians 4, uh, there's a lot of things happening in, in so many different uh, segments of the world 
that can make us feel very anxious, um, pursue the Lord, pray, read the word, um, and, and, and make sure you are trusting in him. Um, that that's, what's going to get us through this. Absolutely. You know, the very next passage after Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which we read, and it talks about the peace of God guarding your hearts. It goes on to say, just as you just, uh, you know, commented, Shane, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there's any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things that you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And notice the God of peace will be with you. So uh, praise God for that. And as Shane said, if you have not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your only hope for salvation, today's the day of salvation. Um, you know, don't put it off. If the Spirit of God has been pricking your heart, you know, convicting you of your sin and your need for a Savior, respond in faith. That's the only hope. You can't be good enough. You can't work for it. You can't measure up. You simply have to come open arms to Jesus Christ who took your place on the cross and rose from the dead to pay your personal penalty for sin. And if you'll trust in him and him alone, uh, abandoning your faith and anything and everything else you thought was going to save you and trusting in him, he's right there ready to give you the gift of eternal life. So thank you, Shane. Uh, thank you, everybody else. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And we will uh, talk again soon.